today's episode of The Corner Booth, Mike and I discuss the Last Dance documentary, more on the 90s Bulls, NBA opening up some of their facilities in the next month, and the NFL draft. But first, a word from our sponsor, Novice Clothing Company. We're all about supporting local business on this show, and I'm blown away by Novice Clothing Company and the original authentic work being done for athletes of all ages and teams of all sizes. Based in Albany, New York, the Bernardo brothers have lived through playing in uncomfortable athletic gear, too big, too small, too thick, and in upstate New York, not thick enough. Novice Clothing Company doesn't outsource for its apparel. They produce it themselves, ensuring the best apparel possible while cutting out the middleman and saving you money. Parents, coaches, and booster clubs do what we do here at Procrastination Sports, and let's support local business. Get started at NoviceClothingCompany.com and on Instagram at NoviceClothingCompany and get ready to claim your crown. All right, let's roll. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 15 of The Corner Booth presented by Procrastination Sports. Day 45 of quarantine. Around the same day 45 without sports, maybe even longer. Um, Mike and I are hanging in here. Mike, what's up, buddy? I'm doing all right. Uh, the rest of the days now feel much emptier without the last dance because it's just a little touch of sports. And now uh, the rest of the days all blend together, but at least we have Sunday. Yeah, we have Sunday. It almost feels like football season <laughs> in a way. We yeah. get something to watch on Sundays. Um, I started the weight loss challenge. That's been going good so far. I'm three days in, haven't broken the diet, been exercising. So we'll see what happens with the weigh-in on Saturday where I'm at. That's big. Uh, are you back to punching the heavy bag with your shattered pinky? Yeah, I'm back for sure. I'm back 100% and I'm feeling good about it. Do you have gloves or are you punching it bare knuckle like in the 1880s? No, I got gloves, but the first couple times I just, I would think I was just hitting it with so much force and power that I broke my pinky. I think that's what happened. That checks out. Kind of like when Drago's hitting the thing and the guy's like, whatever he hits, he destroys type of situation. Like yeah. Normal heavyweight averages 700 pounds of pressure. Drago averages 1,800 pounds. Are that's you, kind uh... of what are you wrapping the hands with the tape? No, I need to wrap my hands. That's why I. Th- that's why I need you down here. Number one to train me, but number two, I need a hand wrapper guy. The the hand wrap is just for stability, I think. And to probably not shatter your pinky in half. Yeah. But you're powering through. Have you done two cardio days or two heavy bag days? I've done two cardio days and one heavy bag day, and I'm gonna do tonight uh, cardio and heavy bag day. How, uh, you got like an exercise bike or something? No, I've been running outside. Wow. And it's been 1 million degrees in North Carolina. It's been, it's been hot for sure. Uh, the first day I went in the morning, so it wasn't bad. Yesterday I struggled way more. It was like 80, 82, 83 degrees. Um, I did, um, 1.3 miles the first day. And then yesterday I only did. 1.15 miles so not great but better than nothing and then uh i've been doing the weights too in the garage there it is we're 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 pulling out all the stops today so far i've eaten oatmeal uh, for breakfast i had some those dried bananas chips for like a snack 
for lunch, I had grilled chicken and green beans with a side salad. And for dinner, I'm going to have brown rice, spinach, and chicken. There it is. So, I mean, this is, uh, and uh, same thing yesterday. I did some, I, I just rotate days. So tomorrow I'll have egg whites for breakfast instead of the oatmeal. If they can build Microsoft and Amazon in a garage, they can rebuild you in a garage. That's, that's, that should be our slogan. We should be <laughs> t-shirts. But we're going for it, man. I'm excited to see. It's going to be really disappointing when I've lost like one pound on Saturday, though. That's going to be that. See, I need to have at least lost substantial weight when we do the weigh-in Saturday because if we don't, we could be back on to just eating like shit within hours after the first weigh-in. I feel like the first week you lose all the water weight. So this might be the highest number that we see in the next six weeks. That could be great. That would be the confidence that I need to kind of catapult forward because if we don't see much improvement, yeah, it'd be an ugly day. What number are you shooting for on Saturday? To have lost four pounds, five pounds. I was gonna say five, six pounds. Okay, that's a lot of water weight. Yeah, I mean, I think four would be fine. Uh, yeah, but you step on you step on the scale and you lost two point two. You're gonna be livid. Ugly. Yeah, I'm gonna be pissed off yeah. for sure. Because everything I've eaten, even if I need a snack, because honestly, the first two days I was starving in between meals, but yeah. I didn't snack. Today I was hungry and I just needed something. So like. Even when I'm going to for snack is like dried banana chips. Like it's not that great. Yeah. So, um, and then like I did some peanuts and blueberries last night for like a snack before I went to bed. So it's really not that enjoyable. So if I get <laughs> on the scale and it's like net weight loss of 1.52 pounds, yeah, I just accept being a fat guy. You're going to be thrown in the tap like Apollo's manager show. Yeah, like Duke uh, against Drago. I don't know. I, I I need to stick with it. I told myself I would, but we need a big opening week. If we can get a big <laughs> opening week, uh, I think that would be good for morale for sure. It's like baseball. You start off the first first week and a half, and you're eight and two, seven and three. You right. know, hey, our fourth and fifth starter had a go of it. They didn't look atrocious. This might be a playoff team. Well, that's what I'm thinking, man, because like for me, if I uh, if I get on there and it's just not a not significant change, that's just going to be demoralizing because I've really been putting yeah. in the effort. Um, I know it's only three days, but when you're just eating like complete dog poo and you go from <laughs> eating like grilled chicken and spinach for dinner, it's a toxic <laughs> system. Um, so, look, we're going to keep on grinding. The exercise, I think the exercise is key, personally. I think if you can continue to move, yeah, you'll you'll keep the weight off even if you don't eat phenomenally. Um, it's the diet that is just the downfall, which which can which can go bad at any point. Eating garbage is so much more rewarding than eating healthy food. A hundred percent. It's not even close. And like for me, I love all the bad food. Like, all the bad foods are my favorite foods. Like, I know some people, they'll be like, oh, you know, my favorite food is like, you know, let's say like like chicken, like any type of chicken dish. Like, yeah, I like chicken, but my favorite food is like a meatball sub or pizza. That's my <laughs> Or like fettuccine Alfredo. Like, that's my favorite. Yeah, I, I've really achieved no personal growth in the favorite food market. 
it's pretty much been pizza from 4 to 30. Yeah, 100%. Pizza's <laughs> the greatest food ever made. Even bad pizza is good. Yeah, that, and that's <laughs> there's nothing more true than that. You can eat, like, I when we were coming back from Florida, uh, my wife and I were at this hotel midway between our house and Florida, and we ordered this pizza, and it was disgusting. Like, yeah. It was maybe the worst pizza I ever had. And the lady who dropped off the pizza to me made me not like this pizza right away because she looked like she just rang, like came out of like a meth lab. Yeah. Uh, and even then, I was like, you know what? This pizza's not like, like, like here, like here's the thing. If you get a chewy piece of chicken, I'm done for like hours. I can't eat anything. Yeah. Again. I'm, like the meal's over. That's it. Uh, but if you get bad pizza, you just kind of are like, eh, it's not horrible. Like it could be. <laughs> Maybe I'll try it again later when it's cold or I'll warm it up myself. There's always backup stuff. Right. Um, so did you watch uh, Last Dance live or did you catch it uh, taped? I watched it live Sunday night. I did too. I missed, uh, I, I, I missed the first 10 minutes so I restarted it um, so, I could, so I could watch the whole thing. Uh, this one was better than the first Sunday, I thought. I thought this was way way more compelling. Because honestly, the Jordan College stuff kind of bored me in the first couple yeah. weeks, or the first two episodes. I didn't uh, realize Jordan went to college before the three-point line. Yeah, when he started, there was no three-point line. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. I really enjoyed the, the whole Bad Boys Pistons type stuff. I thought that yeah. was that was great. I really thought that was great. They, uh, the reaction, and everybody's been talking about this, but I think it's everyone's favorite. When Isaiah in the three piece suit gives his, I only walked off because the Celtics walked off against us, and I thought that was how you did it. And Bill Lambeer told me to do it. And then they cut to Michael, and they're like, We're going to show you Isaiah's reaction. And he was like, I don't want to see it. Isaiah's an asshole. And then. They made him watch it anyway, and he rolled his eyes the entire time. Dude, Isaiah's the biggest piece of shit ever, honestly. <laughs> that guy, I mean, I hate him for what he did to the Knicks, but he was lying about, like, that yeah. whole, I mean, that whole situation. I, I, well, I don't know. I guess when they showed the video about the Celtics, I was surprised because it looked to me like the Celtics did walk off the floor, like they didn't care. Yeah, I think it was Bird and Angel walking with, like, seven or eight seconds left in the last game. But the thing that I think Isaiah, which why Jordan hates him and people think he's a complete a-hole, is because he's just so arrogant. Like, he is extremely arrogant. You would think he's Michael Jordan by the way he acts. Yeah. But whenever he's interviewed, you would think that Isaiah was God's, was, was God's gift to basketball. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, I was – I knew of the bad boy piston type stuff because that – the 30 for 30 they did on the Pistons was incredible, too. Yeah. Um, but just the way Jordan was getting crushed in the paint, going into the paint, going to the hole, just getting yeah. crushed every time he had the ball. Man, I'm, I I just – I long for the days when the NBA was like that. I think the NBA sucks now, and, and compared to what it was, I just think that was basketball, man. I, and I don't think the guys that play today could survive in that environment. That kind of environment where you were going in the air and Bill Lambeer was basically, every time you drive, it's a business decision. Exactly. That's exactly what it was. And, and there, 
And to kind of get the idea of how much different the Pistons were than everybody else in that time, even in a rougher hand-checking era, there's, I think it's the year before, Dennis Johnson lights up Bill Lambeer in the paint. Like, it's two good fists right on him. And no one comes off the bench. Nobody reacts. I don't even think either of them were thrown out of the game. It was just like, hey, when you... uh, Barkley said in an interview with Calipari today that when you went to play the Bad Boys Pistons, you called your parents just in case you weren't coming home. <laughs> I mean, that's great. But, like, dude, the thing, too, you make a good point. Um, when they showed the year that the Bulls finally beat the Pistons, when they swept them in the conference finals, Pippen got murdered going yeah. up for a layup. And the refs didn't even go over. Like, it was just like, oh, that's a foul. Go to the line. The ref pulled him off the floor in that one video. Did you see that? Joey Crawford. (laughs) Yeah. Pulling him off the floor, which was amazing. I was like, look at Joey Crawford doing it. Like, (laughs) I just, I I just think, you know, people will all, will, people believe that now is like the best time that the NBA has ever seen. I just, I just completely disagree. I, I, I think that there is an element of watching, physical basketball in the paint that makes it more exciting more defense i just don't you know shooting the three is fun in the video game but when you have to watch it over and over like we do now it's just different and i mean other than lebron right i don't think anybody i would say that guys nowadays are probably more in shape but the freakish size of lebron is the only thing that i can see is like actually different i mean even some of the big guys we were, when I was watching the Bulls documentary, I mean, Luke Longley like was huge. Granted, he's not a skill guy like we have now, but yeah. he was a big dude. So I always think that that era of basketball will be missed because watching those guys just get crushed in the paint was just amazing. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot to like in today's NBA with better athletes and they're you know more dunking and. You just kind of get the idea that they're maximizing every position on the floor. But those games in the 80s and 90s where you got the ball, the big man, you got in the post, you spaced the floor, you took mid-range jump shots, that's always been my ideal version of basketball. Yeah, mine too. And maybe it's because we grew up with it, but like watching Jordan talk about those years and how much he wanted to win. There's no doubt in my mind that he is the greatest of all time. Like that guy, when he talks on this documentary, I'm like, I want to run through a wall. And you could tell when they were talking about the 90 Eastern conference finals game seven, when they brought up Pippen's migraine game, he's still mad about it. 30 years later. (laughs) Yeah. Like he was like, yeah, that was the migraine game. Like he, he, yeah, he is still upset by that. He he doesn't think that Scotty shouldn't have played through not being able to see, which... Yeah, there was also, when they keep doing the flash cuts to the 97-98 year, where Rodman gets thrown out in, like, the seventh game, and Scotty's not there, and he was like, Dennis left me alone out there. And they were like, Mike, there were four other dudes out there, but you could tell that he was only like, Scotty and Dennis. Those yeah. are my guys, like Luke Longley, Bill Wennington. Figure it out. Like yeah, you, get they, out of the way. 
<laughs> yeah. How about the Rodman stuff? That stuff is awesome. I love that Scottie Pippen came back and the first thing Dennis said was, I need a vacation. And Michael's like, if anybody around here needs to be <laughs> me. Uh, the story with, Car- oh, can we talk about Carmen Electra for a second? Yeah. She's still a 10 out of 10 and she's probably 55 years old. She's still got it. She has got her fastball. Oh, yeah. That's not left. When they put her on the screen, I was like, good Lord. I actually said it out loud and my wife was on her phone. She's like, what? I was like, nothing. Don't <laughs> Good Lord. And then the story she tells us about Jordan coming and dragging Rodman out of Vegas. He goes to the hotel room, and Rodman's shacked up with Carmen Electra, and Jordan's like, come on, we have to go to practice. That's amazing. Dennis, can you only go to Vegas for 48 hours? Phil Jackson thinking he was going to see Dennis Rodman two days later? What an idiot. Jordan goes, Jordan goes there's no way we're going to see Dennis if he, if he lets him go to Vegas for 48 hours. Dude, it sucks that Phil and the Knicks didn't work out because I still love Phil. I, yeah. I and I wanted to blame Phil when it went bad, but the Knicks are just such a bad organization that they'll never be good as long as James Dolan's there. I don't even think yeah. it was Phil's fault. So I'm I, I'm 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 back on Phil. Just watching him and the way he came up and the amount of work he put in to be a coach. And shout really, out the Albany he, Patroons. Yeah, shout out to the Albany. For sure, and the way he was able to manage personalities, yeah, like these guys were crazy, and he was just like, like calming the storm. And he knew he was going to leave at the end of the year; they yeah. didn't want him back, and he still led him to a championship. The guy is awesome. The to your point, I thought about this yesterday. Dennis Rodman, after Detroit was traded to San Antonio, and Greg Popovich was like. I can't work with Dennis. Sent Dennis off. And it was Phil Jackson who ended up bringing Dennis Rodman around and, like, getting something of value out of him. And winning three championships. Yeah. And I think with Dennis, like, just the conversation Phil was talking about when they met for the first time and Dennis, like, wasn't standing up and didn't want any part of it. And Phil from the get-go was like, dude, stand up, shake my hand. Like, this is how we're going to operate. And then they were able to form this bond with like Native American culture and yeah. the Midwest and all this other stuff. All the that, weird Phil stuff. Yeah, like all the Montana Phil stuff that we joke about, him and Dennis are like bonding over. Yeah. Which, which is incredible. I could watch a Rodman Phil reality show if they want to put that on. I would watch a 10-episode docuseries on Rodman's 48 hours and MJ finding him. Oh, yeah. That's Where? a documentary in, in and of itself. Did... How many casinos did Mike go into and get a couple of hands of blackjack in with Steve Kerr and Scottie Pippen as they tried to hunt down Dennis? And also, see, to me, I don't know, like, I want to believe all these stories, but to me that just sounds insane that Jordan, like, left practice and was like, yo, Phil, we got to go get Dennis. And, like, Phil was (laughs) like, okay, go get him. Like, like, setting up a search party for Dennis Rodman in Vegas. Did they know what hotel Dennis was staying at? Because this is pre-cell phone. So you got to figure it's just Michael Jordan. Maybe, well, it wouldn't be Jerry Krause because MJ hated his guts. But it was probably, like, MJ and Scotty and Tony Kukoc. Did Mike get 18 holes in in the desert with Barkley? You know? He wasn't going to not be gambling. <laughs> I mean, 
Jordan is like a compulsive gambler. You don't think he was like walking through the because like oh we'll find him in a little bit. Like let's like go hit up the buffet and play some hands of blackjack. I uh, I also love that MJ didn't recognize that it was Carmen Electra in the hotel room. He was like somebody was in the bed with Dennis. I didn't care. We grabbed him and we took him out. He might have known it. He just didn't want to be like Dennis was with Carmen Electra. Maybe he didn't know the the like because uh, yeah. there has been a couple stories that Michael has filtered like during the story like the coke story in the yeah. in the in the hotel room where where you knew it wasn't the first time you heard the chicago bulls called the traveling cocaine circus right exactly and then he like walks into this hotel in a room like whoa what are you guys doing <laughs> and he just peels out I mean, jordan's filtering some of those stories um but yeah this documentary is wildly entertaining the only thing i don't like about it is i just wish I'm so into the mode of streaming everything that I just wish they released it all together so I could have crushed yeah. it in hours because I don't remember a time. I mean, I guess the bachelor, I, I do it still, but I don't really, I mean, the bachelor is just like mindless entertainment, but I couldn't imagine watching like a show that I really like now, like uh stranger things or Ozark or when true detective, like season one, I can't imagine not being able to watch that. Like I did. I came yeah. to True Detective later, so I got to stream it. But like, even with season three with True Detective, I was like, "This sucks. I got to wait another week." And yeah. just so in the mode of getting it all right away that this is weird because I'm so into it that I want to keep watching it. Yeah. Um, what else was a big storyline in this? Uh, I mean, the end of episode four, where they're playing cards in the back, and MJ to the crowd was just like Dennis Junior right here. Who was that guy? I don't even know who that guy was. Uh, 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 Burrow. Scott Burrow. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was I like, this guy's I... out all night long, boozing, hungover. And he's just like, Mike, my family is going to watch this. He did an interview on CBS Sports Network this morning, that Burrow's guy. And he was like, yeah, I told my parents before the documentary came out that like that scene was going to be in there. <laughs> I mean, I had no idea who that guy I don't think that guy ever got off the bench. I don't even know who yeah. that guy was. Yeah. Yeah, what else? Uh, Jerry Krause just continually being one of the biggest morons in sports history. And it's so weird because you have to give Krause credit for putting that team together. Like yeah. we said, like he had Jordan, but then he had the foresight to to to, to trade for Pippen. Yeah. He, he, he gets Tony Kukoc from Europe. He gets good role players like Paxton and Kerr and yeah. Cartwright and these guys. And then he goes out and, you know – Kind of gives Phil the A-OK. If he wants to get Dennis Rodman, they'll get him. Yeah. Uh, Ron Harper. All these guys he puts around Jordan. Uh, and the thing is that they were able to sustain it. Look at, like, even how great of a GM that Pat, that, like, Pat Riley is, right, with the yeah. Heat. And that only le- that experiment with LeBron and all those personalities only lasted four seasons. Yeah. And a lot of the guys they were putting around LeBron were guys at the end of their career. I mean, he was putting – Krause was putting guys around MJ that – could have went and been the number two, number three guy on other yeah. teams. And this team, they're like six, seven, you know? Yeah. So he deserves credit. But then you look at the other stuff that he was doing with like. We're going to blow up our dynasty as the yeah. defending champions with everyone under contract. Yeah. And then like, no, we're not paying any of these people other than Michael. And, and then being like, not listening. See, that's why the NBA is so much different now. Who's the best player in the NBA right now? You want to say LeBron and like how polarizing he is? I don't think he's anywhere near as polarizing as Jordan was because Jordan's yeah. ad deals and like 
he revolutionized basketball. He was all over the place. But yeah. let's say LeBron. If LeBron was in Jordan's situation where the front office was like, well, we're getting rid of our coach. And Jordan, because and, Jordan went on like all the, all the interviews and was like, if Phil's not back, I'm not back. You can guarantee that if they did that today and Jordan or, and, and LeBron was like, I'm not coming back unless the coach is coming back, the coach would be back. Yeah. But then Jerry Krause was just like, nah, like whatever. No, nah, I like this dude who's coaching at Iowa State. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's, it's wild the way that the band broke up because I, I think about it. They were better than the Knicks in 99. They would have been better than the Knicks in 99. Yeah. Because the Knicks went to the finals that year. Um, who went to the two thousand Indiana? Maybe, but I think the Bulls still would have had one more run in them. I think the the Bulls could have had. Well, you got to look at it. Pippen and the Trailblazers were still competitive. Jordan wouldn't have taken that time off. I think. Yeah, the Bulls in two thousand was when Scotty took the Jailblazers to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, I think the Bulls would have had two, three more years left in the tank, which is crazy. And then if you think about the two years Jordan took away from playing baseball, like they, they realistically could have won nine, like nine titles in the course of like 11 years. I, uh, I have the hot take that Houston would have beaten them once. I don't think that. Yeah, I think, I think that's, I think Hakeem would have eaten Luke Longley and Bill Wennington up. Yeah, he probably would have, but it's just like, I think Jordan would have got him once. I I, yeah. I I kind of agree with you. I think the, I I think the Rockets the Rockets are underrated. First off, it's not easy to go back to back, and the Rockets were able to do it, and they had a very good team. I mean, they yeah. had who they had. They had Drexler, right? Told Drexler in '95. Hakeem did it alone in '94. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, they were very good. Yeah, but they also had Sam Cassell on those teams. Kenny Skywalker. Yeah, I mean they had yeah they had some good they had some good players on those yeah. teams, but I, I I do love the documentary, and really that's all really that we've had to discuss. This next entire. next week is to continue on with the Isaiah theme. They're doing Dream Team next week, right? And then I think we get I think episode five is Dream Team, episode six is Jordan gambling. I think, which which is going to be a thing of beauty because Mike might have a little bit too much to drink and admit that he kept Isaiah off the dream team when Chuck Daly was Isaiah's coach and the USA basketball coach. Yeah. And Chuck Daly and Isaiah, like Isaiah, I think would die for Chuck Daly. And I yeah. think, I, I think Chuck Daly loved Isaiah, but I think I'm interested. The, 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 look, the thing I'm most interested in, unfortunately is like Jordan's father passing, getting murdered. And then, the gambling stuff. Why did he leave to go play baseball? Because I think they're going to ask him. I think, I mean, this documentary has been more candid than anything I've ever yeah. seen. And I think, you know, Jordan's been ripping people. And I think like, I think I want to find out if he actually left to go play baseball to honor his father's memory, or if it was some other stuff going on that yeah. maybe he just needed a break. But see, the crazy thing is with that, I, I just, I mean, I get, like, his father, the story was his father was a baseball fan. And, like, that was his love. And Jordan went to do it to honor him. But can you imagine leaving at the height of Jordan, leaving the Bulls at? I I, I don't know. It seems so odd to me. Yeah. I don't know. I'll, I'll be interested to see that. Because David Stern, 
was interviewed for this before he passed away. So yeah. I hope we get some more David Stern stuff about that whole situation and how. And even if it was, if it was the fact that Mike was leaving to go play baseball to honor his dad, how nervous was David Stern to be like, oh shit, we're losing Michael Jordan in the middle of his prime. Yeah. Uh, and now the NBA has to come up with a new superstar, which really they didn't have because yeah. Larry was Larry was going. Uh, Magic was gone at the time. So yeah. I think it was, you know, there wasn't a, a, a real superstar at that at that at that point. Yeah. Um the baseball stuff I think is gonna be interesting. We probably get some cool interviews there. It came out recently that the Oakland A's offered MJ a spot on the twenty five man roster immediately as yeah. like a way to get money. Which he, I love that move. I love it because Mike hit 200 in double A. Yeah. So, like, there's a chance that he's not hitting a he's not hitting a buck in Major League Baseball. Well, I've always said that about the Mets. Like, I don't understand why the Mets haven't. I give them credit, but I don't understand why the Mets never just brought up Tebow for September call-ups in the last couple of years when they're out of it and nobody's going to the games. Yeah. Like, back at stadium. Um, so that I'm interested in. I'm interested in the Mike gambling stories because I guarantee we're going to hear from Larry Bird. Because there's always the rumor that him and MJ play $10,000 a hole when they go golfing. Him and Barkley used to play a ton of blackjack together. I'm interested in that. I would love to have Oak in these because Oak was MJ's bodyguard for years. So I'm sure he saw a lot of gambling. I bet he did. Yeah, there's so many Jordan gambling. And this dream team is Barkley. I don't know anything about Angola. I just know Angola's in trouble. (laughs) <laughs> it's him hanging out with John Stockton and Carl Malone before they're enemies for five straight years. Uh-huh. Uh, Larry, I think, came out of retirement for the 92 Dream Team because his back was messed up. Or maybe he might have been had one more year. right on the way out. Yeah, I think he was right on the way out. That was like a last hurrah type situation. So that's interesting. And then we might even get a Christian Leitner cameo. That'd be great. That was another good 30 for 30. Um Let's transition to more NBA stuff, Mike. You have the report there of them potentially opening up some facilities in May. Is that what's going on? So the NBA and the NBA Players Association have had a couple of meetings. Originally, late last week, they were talking about in states that are looking at relaxing the COVID-19 social distancing guidelines that if you're in a city or a state that's relaxing the guidelines, the NBA would like your facilities to reopen for solo work. So there won't be any four-on-four drills. There won't be any team practices. But if guys want to come in on a voluntary basis and work out, see the physical trainer, um, see the strength and conditioning coaches, use the gyms, they're able to do that. So when the season opens up everywhere if they're going to finish these guys are in shape and they can hurry and expedite the end of the season along now yesterday because there was so much outcry over some teams being ahead of other teams and teams are worried about their players traveling when it still might not be safe that they pushed this opening to the week after in may 8th yeah, man, I honestly, I'm at the point to where I don't think, unfortunately, and I, I I didn't really want to get to this, but I think there's a chance we're not getting sports for a while um, because 
even with these opening of some of the facilities, I just, I just don't see how a season is likely when, like, for baseball, what's baseball? Baseball's running out of time. I mean, what are they going to yeah. do? They're going to have to, I just don't, I mean, I guess potentially you could play the entire season in Arizona and just have it go into the winter, but then doesn't that throw off the following season? And when are you at the point with hockey and basketball and even baseball where they're just, where they, where they just say, you know what, let's regroup for the 2021 season. Like we're just not going to have a 2020 season. The difficult, one of the most difficult things I think for baseball is the minor leagues can't happen just in Arizona and Florida. So with all of the different transactions that major league baseball has, you have to figure every single team has over 100 players on all of these rosters between major league, triple A, double A, single A, single A extended spring training, high single A, low single A, rookie ball. All of these teams have 25 plus players on all of them. So a lot of these guys have incentives of going from single A to double A or double A to the pros. What's going to happen there? You can't have a major league season without minor league teams. No, you can't. And I, I think the other thing is, you have to worry about the logistics of where you're going to play all this stuff. Yeah. And I, I think that's, I think you make a great point. I think that's been the one thing that hasn't really been discussed. I mean, I guess you could have minor league guys come up to the big league club without playing any games and they're just working out in facilities. I yeah. mean, that's likely, but that's what they would have to do. I mean, I don't see how else they would able to be able to do it. I don't, yeah. minor baseball seems impossible. With finite resources, I don't know where you could have pitchers staying ready and hitters. And would they all, you can't have them all in the same location. Obviously now it's, that's going to be the most difficult part for baseball. I saw that hockey is targeting July 1st as a comeback. I've always said I thought hockey would be the first one to come back just because they seem like, like a lot of times hockey has just said we're going to do things our way and we really don't care how we're perceived by the other by the viewing public because hockey knows they're the fourth most popular sport of the four and look I think if they find a really that's another sport that I think is going to be tough because of the bench proximity I mean guys on a hockey bench are are shoulder to shoulder yeah I, I I don't I don't know how it makes much sense. I, I, I think that by the time, I mean, New York, my mother, she's uh, she's still working, and her company just told her that they're doing a stay at home until June 30th. Yeah. So, I mean, there are still people that are believing that this is going well into the summer. Um, and I think that's, you know, that's important to note here. I I think at this point, I mean, I'm 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 bummed because I was looking forward to the Dodgers being very good this year, but now hopefully it forces their hand to sign Mookie to like a ten-year deal. But I'm but I'm worried about football. We cannot lose football. If we lose football, then that's yeah a disaster. But I don't know how they can do college college football. I really don't because if the campuses aren't all open by that point, number one, and number two, these guys aren't getting paid. How are you going to force kids to go play? in unsafe or what they could perceive as unsafe conditions, yeah. getting on planes, traveling. 
the NFL is different because there's a lot of money involved. Uh, people want to get paid. Uh, there's also the risk factor of injuries a lot higher in pro football than anywhere else. Yeah. So you walk into pro football knowing that you're going to be hurt. Yeah, and I think, too, with pro football, the fact that, you know, there's a paycheck on the line, number one, and there's enough guys out there that'll say, I'll get paid to go play football, even in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. Whereas, you know, so owners could be like, well, if you don't want to play, I'll go get somebody else yeah. kind of thing. Um, and I don't think guys will want to risk that, unfortunately. But, yeah. I, but I think that's going to be the situation that a lot of the NFL franchises are going to be put into. But I would be, I would say, what's it, May? I, I don't think we're getting anything till at least July. Yeah, it's starting to get to the place where it's hard for me to imagine basketball finishing this season. It's hard to imagine hockey finishing. And at a certain point, it's going to be difficult to imagine baseball starting. Because if it, even if they announced the season, they could get back into the facilities. You'd have to have a whole nother six weeks of spring training. So they wouldn't even start now until June. Yeah, I think they'd modified it like they did in 94 with the strike, but they'd have to give them at least three weeks. Yeah. So you're still I mean, looking till almost June for opening day. Right. And I don't think we're anywhere near them opening and opening, opening up because, I, look, I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. But they haven't even figured out the logistics of how this would work yeah. to be paid. And I think everything we hear, I think a lot of what we hear from the sports leagues is optimism because everything we hear from the doctors and the scientists would lead me to believe that we're not getting sports for yeah. some. Um, and then I think we start tiptoeing the line of, are we going to have football? And if we don't have football, I'm not going to survive it. I'm just being honest. So you're going to no, have to find it, a podcast partner because I'm not going to survive it. It's a whole day of the week that I can rightfully, because everyone else does it, Ignore everything on the planet for 12 hours. And also, it's in the middle of winter where you can just be hunkered down for Saturday and Sunday, 48 straight hours of watching football on the couch. Um, you know, and if, and if we start venturing into bad weather with nothing to do, yeah. that's going to be ugly. Because now it's like, yeah, I miss sports, but at least I can go outside you know, at least we're getting some decent yeah. stuff to watch with the balls and we had the draft. But if we start getting into the to the to the chill in the air of the fall and there's no football in sight, people are gonna people aren't gonna make it through that. No, and we don't have anything to complain about online. Exactly. And we we made them give us the MJ documentary two months early. I don't know of anything else they could give us. That's the greatest thing the internet's done in a long time coming together like that to get this released early. I don't think any I think Here's what I think. I think everything will be up and ready to roll like 100% by January. Yeah. But by that point, you're just getting ready for more seasons. I mean, if that's the case, you're going to lose out on a season and a half of NBA and the NHL. They won't be able to play. Yeah. Um, but look, they might be able to play before that without crowds. But I don't see them letting crowds in until January. I really don't. I don't yeah. know. I mean, I've read a thing about Disney because we're going next year. Uh, my wife and I are going in February, again, yeah. which I think will be fine by then. Yeah. But they're talking about not even opening until January just to make it as safe as possible. Yeah. If an organization like Disney 
is willing to lose that type of money and just say we need everyone safe yeah. and we'll open up in January. Uh, I mean, you can't you can't tell me that you know the PNC Arena is going to be letting people in before that too. Yeah. So you're going to get sports without fans, or you're just not going to get sports. Yeah. I don't know which. But it's crazy times. I mean, obviously everyone's health is more important, but I don't know. It's starting to get to a real sad place with without sports. Oh yeah, I miss it, and. We're lucky we've been finding content to talk about on a sports podcast. Yeah. That we, what did we have? About two weeks of real sports content before the three, four weeks before yeah. this one. We had the Super Bowl was our first show. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. We did. In my head, I thought we started at the same time we started the blog, but we wrote for four weeks before we did it. Yeah. Our first blog or our first podcast was Kobe dying and the Super Bowl. Yeah. And then we did, I think we had a couple weeks after that. Yeah, because we did like spring training stuff. We were all pumped up about the Dodgers. Yeah. We did a baseball show and then we had nothing. Yeah. And now we're. Now We've we're probably sure. done more no sports podcasts than sports podcasts. Oh, easily. Easily. Not even close. We've probably done double. Yeah. I mean, it's been. It's been rough. I mean, I, I've actually stopped watching the rewatches, too. I mean, we, sh- we should do another rewatch because I haven't watched one in a while. So yeah. if people want to have us do something, we should do one. Maybe yeah. even a whole series at this point because we're not getting sports for a couple months. So we yeah. have time to do a series. And most of our content now is these ridiculous proposals the sports leagues put out to placate people like yeah. us who want sports back so bad. We're just like, play all the games in Arizona. Who gives a shit? Yeah, we need to do something like play basketball outside. I don't care. Do something. Do Dana something. White bought Fight Island. How come Adam Silver is not out there buying NBA Island? Is Fight Island happening? Are we getting? Fight yeah, Island? Dana White said he's going to open up Fight Island. They're going to have the golf? the octagon on the beach. Yeah. Why isn't golf happening? By the way, if you and I can go out and play golf right now. And every state in the country is pretty much allowing golf. Why aren't they playing professional golf? I have I, I can't wrap my head around that. I, I saw that they're going to start the new golf season sometime in June. Is that true? Okay, good. I didn't see that. Good. Because they need to start golf. You're doing the first few events without crowds. And then I think they have the same flag code that we do, that the flag stays in. Golf and baseball should be being played. Without fans. Those are two sports you could play without fans and everybody would be all right. I, I mean, you could wear masks in both sports if you really wanted to. Yeah. Do we want to talk a little NFL draft? Any big takeaways from the NFL draft? I'm glad that you and JB are okay after our live draft show. Yeah. I mean, I, I was happy with it. I wish we did the Giants picks the second round because I was thrilled with what they did in the second round. They got McKinney from Alabama. Great pick. Uh, they shored up the line. They helped out with the secondary. I, I, overall, I'd probably give the Giants like a B, and the only reason it's a B is because of that first-round pick. I wish we took uh, the other linemen there that we talked about. Yeah. So that, the real big takeaway from the draft is that Goodell got exhausted reading cue cards for five hours and was sitting in his lazy boy. Um, but the guy getting the, the guy ripping the phone out of his girlfriend's hand was awesome. Oh, C.D. Lamb, yeah. That was a good one. 
I really like the draft in the remote way this way, watching them find out, like, in the comfort of their own home. I felt like it was very humanizing. I think it's going to be hard for them to go back to the in-person version after this. But making the draft traveling like that, going to different cities, I think they are still going to do it in person rather than digitally. No, I think they will. But for me as a player, I would rather sit at home with my friends and watch it. I mean, I don't. Maybe I'd be in a different spot if I was going to be like a top pick and I want to go out there on the stage. But I'd rather just hang out, have a big draft party at my house and hang out. Yeah. Score that free Pizza Hut pizza. Yeah, exactly. I would rather sit on my couch and eat pizza than sit the draft and wait to get my name called. Yeah. Um, no, I thought it was good. It was it was it was more entertaining than I thought it would be. Honestly, I thought they did a good job with it. Yeah. Uh, Goodell gave up by day three. Was like sitting in his pajamas in the couch, like you mentioned. <laughs> C.D. Lamb ripping the phone out of the girl's hand. Uh, uh, the Packers going quarterback at thirty. Yeah, that's weird. And I love how Aaron Rodgers was kind of like saying, you know, nobody's here to take my job or whatever. Yeah. And they draft a quarterback. Um, Eagles took uh, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, a couple of weird quarterback moves. Uh, go watch our draft coverage. We talked about every pick from like 1 to 18, I think. 1 yeah. to 19, something like that. Jerry um, Jones on his super yacht making picks. That was amazing. Looked like a bomb layer. Yeah, it, it, you, you, you described it perfect in your blog. That was a Bond villain slayer. Um, the kid that got picked by the Cleveland Browns, his brother, like, sinking in the chair when the Browns picked him. That was hilarious. Cliff, yeah, there was a lot of Kingsbury living in Ryan Gosling's house from Crazy Stupid Love. That was awesome, too. <laughs> like, he didn't even have a computer on, I don't think. He was just hanging out. Um, <laughs> the uh, Belichick's dog. Belichick's setup was great. I was just going to say that. That was amazing. Belichick trading every single pick they had. That was yeah. another move. Typical Belichick. Yeah, man. I don't know. I thought it was entertaining. Honestly, at this point, we're so starved for sports that that hit the spot for at least one night. Yeah. That felt like a lot more of a return to normalcy, even though it was eight guys from their houses like digesting the picks and all they told were really sad stories about all of the draft picks. Yeah, that is true. Would you cut off your pinky for a weekend of sports, hockey and basketball this weekend? Yeah, I mean, I'm suffering I'm suffering some sort of a break with reality yeah. over this. I need to see a sporting event. I need to see somebody play a sport professionally pretty badly. I would cut off both my pinky toes and both pinkies to get all sports back. Like, regularly. Oh, yeah. I don't think I need any four of those digits. No. No. I uh, I feel like I would let them smash my de- hand like in The Departed. Yeah, that's a good one. Kind of like a casino slash Departed thing. Yeah, I could I could go for that, for sure. Yeah. I, we should have baseball every night. We should be two weeks in the NBA playoffs. We should be have, I mean, a break glass in case of emergency hockey situation. Like... <laughs> We could have everything right now, and uh, we're like six weeks into this, this quarantine times, and I thought it would get better, and I thought I would understand the no sports people, but it's not, and I'm not, and I'm out of shit to stream on Netflix. I just watched Too Hot to Handle, which was pretty trash TV. Awesome. Um, And now I'm starting Waco, but that's just cult stuff. 
I'm on yeah. season ten of Cheers, man. I'm getting close to the end. Like, yeah. I only got one more one more season left. I got ten and eleven, and then I'm done. Yeah. I got I've already watched Too Hot to Handle. Yeah. And I love Rhonda, by the way. If you don't know who Rhonda is, she's got the score stamp of approval. That uh Too Hot to Handle was incredible trash TV. I would watch it again in the heartbeat. But yeah, I am I'm struggling. Like Baseball is comfort, man. You come home from work, you eat dinner. Every day there's a game on. And I have the package every year. I just watch a game at 7. I'll watch the Yankees or the Mets or the Red Sox. Then I switch over to the Dodgers at night, 10 o'clock. I lay there with my Cheerios, maybe some popcorn. Yeah. Just watch the Dodgers throw a dip in around the fifth inning. I mean, it's the best, and I miss it so much. I, You know... It's that old adage. You don't know what you got till it's gone. Oh yeah. It's true. I took I took I took sports for granted and yeah. I specifically took baseball for granted. Having yeah. something to watch every night is amazing. Yeah. Cuz right now I watch Cheers 9 hours a day. <laughs> yeah. And I The Bachelor spin-off on Monday that stinks. I finished too hot to handle. I finished Love is Blind, Ozark finished, Waco finished, It's Always Sunny, watched that through once already, Yeah. The Office, seen a billion times, Sopranos a billion times. Yeah. But you did get to watch Scarface for production relay last week. Yeah, that was fun. I, we rated Scarface on our movie podcast production delay as the highest one we've uh, watched so far. That movie never gets old. I could watch that movie three times a week, probably. It's the best. Um, yeah, so we got that podcast. We're going to do another one later this week, Pineapple Express, so that'll be fun. Yeah. I've never seen it, so I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I've never seen uh, it either. I have an episode of Coming in Hot that we're going to record tomorrow with a special guest, uh, co-host, which I'm excited about. Um. Are you going to be talking too hot to handle? Oh, yeah, for sure. I am. I don't know what he's going to do. <laughs> so hopefully you've seen it. But if not, uh, yeah, so we're going to do a guest uh, guest guest spot on Coming in Hot. And then, uh, yeah, we'll keep pumping out sports content. Hopefully we get some trades or something. And uh, we'll keep talking the Bulls. We'll, we're going to do some more rewatches. We'll do uh, some more of our top five lists. Yeah, uh, with the you know, some kind of like subcategory sports stuff, give us more stuff to debate and argue about. So, yeah, you got anything else to say to the people, Mike? Said it all. All right, we will be back next week with episode sixteen of the Corner Booth. Mike and I, as always, appreciate you guys listening, and uh, we'll be back with another episode of the Corner Booth. We love you, everybody. Thanks. Thank you.